ignite your best life. Yoga is the spark. You're listening to Brett Larkin on the podcast where we use yoga to ignite your dream life. Always be stretching your body, your mind, your spirit. When you come to your mat, your movement fuels your motivation. You channel your inner power. You achieve your goals. Want to deepen your yoga practice and blossom into your best self on and off the mat? Join Brett and her membership community Uplifted for monthly training plans, personalized feedback on your yoga poses, member-only videos, and the ability to download classes across every device. Hello, and welcome back to the Yoga Hacks podcast. I'm super excited because today on the show, we have an incredible guest expert and friend of mine. Her name is Meredith Rom. She's a yoga teacher. She's a women's leadership coach, and she's now an author. She's going to be telling us about her first book, which you can actually pre-order right now. The book is all about synchronicity, heartbreak, love, her travels in India, visiting gurus. So I'm so excited to, to talk to her. Meredith, thanks for coming on and chatting with me. Thank you so much, Brett. I'm really glad to be here. Oh, me too. So I don't even know where I want to start. Why don't you tell, obviously I just gave an intro, but tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and then I'm excited to dive into your book. <laughs> yes. Yeah, thank you, Brett. And I think, I mean, a good place to start would just be with why I'm even doing any of this work. So six years ago, I was living in New York City, and I started developing this chronic pain in my body. I was working behind computers around 40 to 50 hours a week. I was at NYU and studying graphic design and photography. And and I was finding that, like, I was doing this internship, going in, working um, on a magazine, and finding, like, all these dreams that I thought I had really wanted to create for myself, where suddenly mm, I wasn't so sure about it. And I began going to doctors to try and figure out what was going on in my body. It felt like there was this pain that would start behind my eye. And it would move its way down my head and down my arm and my back through the side of my leg all the way to my foot. And I really wasn't sure what was wrong. I started getting MRIs and tests, and it turned out that everything was coming back normal. And the doctors were saying, well, maybe this is in your head, maybe this is something psychosomatic. We were not sure what to do. But they did offer me some different kinds of prescriptions like anti-anxiety pills and painkillers and even antidepressants. And I tried some of those, but I started to really not feel like myself. And it really showed me that in our society, we're so quick to numb out our pain without really going into the root, the cause of what could be really happening. And luckily around this time, I had a friend that brought me to my first yoga class. And I remember being in pigeon pose. And for the first time, instead of trying to numb myself out, just really going deeper into what it was I was experiencing. And I began to feel all of that pain begin to open up and release. And I started to think about, wow, maybe what's happening in my body is really a call for me to go deeper into 
this feeling and really be present and loving towards myself rather than uh, distracting myself or numbing myself out. And on a bigger scale, I started thinking about suffering and how so many people in the world do experience suffering and how maybe the greatest suffering is not so much about what is happening on the outside to us, but rather that we don't really have the tools or know how to be in our suffering or our challenges when they come up. And so maybe that greater suffering is just a, a lack of self-love, a lack of self-awareness, a lack of really being present in our bodies and for ourselves when we need that. Mm, I love that. And it, we're going to talk a lot more about self-love. And I know for Uplifted members, you're going to be leading us through a special self-love meditation, which I cannot wait to do with you. Um, but I want to touch on something you, you said about, you know, being in New York and achieving all these big dreams and goals. You thought you wanted, like, looking at this, the magazine and, and all these things, because that's something I can really relate to, and I think maybe listeners can relate to, too, is you start to sometimes in life achieve these things that you thought you wanted, and all of a sudden you realize they're not making you happy, and did you ever really want those things in the first place? It can just be really confusing. And one of the things I've always really admired about you, Meredith, is that you are just very quick to sort of figure these things out. <laughs> like, I mean, I think while you were even still in school or so young, you were like, this isn't my path. I want to change my path. While I know myself and potentially others, we like suffer away at jobs we don't like for years before we come to that conclusion. So how did you sort of know that your path needed to shift? And how did you know how to trust that voice? And did that have something to do with self-love as well? I'd just love to hear you talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. It, as I started going into those yoga classes and I actually went deeper into the, all the feelings and the sensations that I was having, I really tapped into my body's wisdom, my intuition, my inner guidance. And I started seeing these visions of myself. I'd be lying in Shavasana and just imagining myself living a completely different life. I saw myself moving to California, which was San Francisco, which a place I hadn't even been to before at that point. I saw myself um, traveling to India. I saw myself falling in love. I saw myself being a yoga teacher, which at the time, by the way, I was super terrified of public speaking. So even just the thought of some of those ideas were terrifying. But at the same time, what I was experiencing in my life felt so constrictive. And the yoga mat, the place I would go, the meditation, when I would start to tune into that inner wisdom, it was like, okay, there's something here. There's something more for me here. And it kept coming back. And finally, I got to a place of like, okay, I'm going to listen to this. Um, I think uh, something that can be really helpful is just even just telling one person, even if like it feels crazy what that idea that you have, telling, beginning to tell people in your life about it, people who love and support you. I remember going home and telling my roommate, Julie, and she was really supportive. She's like, yeah, we're finishing college. You, you know, take a few months to try things out, figure what out, try something new, take a leap. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to look, I'm going to find a way to do this in a safe way where 
you know, if I take a leap and move across the country and it doesn't work out, I can always come back home. But if I had never made that choice, then I may always regret it. So it's really just about finding that play of really listening to your intuition, but also being willing to like share and be supported and to take a small step in that direction. Yeah, and I'd be curious to hear what you have to say too about how to how to do that and also tune out because I mean it's great that you were sharing with someone who was supportive, but whether you share or not, I think a lot of us just feel indoctrinated with like a way our life is supposed to be, right? That was passed down from our parents or teachers or, you know, the money you spend on a certain type of education, you know, it, it can be, I think a lot of listening to your own inner wisdom also involves, if you agree, blocking out <laughs> some of the, the external stimulus words knowledge that might have been thrown at you in the past and how did you kind of do that mm -hmm. yeah i think it takes a lot of courage it takes a lot of courage to go against something that you feel like was indoctrinated on you or something that maybe your parents have done or people around you and for me one is just surrounding yourself with people who have done this before, who have taken those leaps, who have like coming closer, maybe finding a mentor, someone that like has taken those steps before and to be there with you when the opposition comes up from whether it be from family or people who, who know you before. Um, and then I found like as I started to take those steps, I naturally began to attract more community of people who are doing the same. And there are also times when it's good to just really, like if you are feeling that pressure from the outside or from family, um, to maybe take a little bit of space and to really come into what it is that you want and what your desires are, whether that be taking some time, um, maybe going on a trip or a retreat or just having your yoga practice, being like, okay, I'm going to take this space for myself and really tune into what I want and continue to come back to that. I think that is really helpful. And, and also just taking some space from the people that you feel the pressure from. I remember there are a few times I actually, when I was first going through all these changes that um, I didn't go home for Christmas and I didn't like there were just sometimes I needed that space and when I became more established and stronger in myself and my beliefs I actually was able to come home and meet my family or whoever that was in a really strong way of sharing like what I believed in and it and I was supported so I hope that other people are able to find that as well yeah and I love what you say about community because I've certainly, even myself, the past 18 months or so, really been blown away at the power of a community and surrounding yourself with uplifting, positive people. And it's really a game changer, especially if you feel like the people in your life maybe aren't on that same wavelength or aren't as supportive. So, um, so you moved to California and then you go to India. Tell us about your adventures and give us a sneak peek about what's in the book because I'm dying to know. 
Yeah, yeah. So I, okay, I'll tell you this. When at 10 days after moving to San Francisco, I had a man randomly walk up to me in Dolores Park, and he said, I'm going to meet a saint this weekend, and I don't know why I feel like I had the need to tell you this, but I think you're supposed to be there. <laughs> and like, this is the kind of synchronous things that happen when you start really listening to your intuition and starting to take those leaps and face those fears. And most of the time I'd be like, who is this random guy just coming up to me? But something inside of me was like, oh my God, I, I want to listen to this. And that saint happened to be Amma who is a hugging guru. She travels around the world giving people hugs. And I went to go meet her that first weekend, and it was so powerful for me. I was getting to, I walked into this gorgeous wooden temple with the smells of incense and chai and people chanting, and I just felt so at home there, and it was completely new to me. Um, and I actually, I had my hug that night from her. I got to be around this woman who's, uh, an enlightened woman, and I felt just this energy entering through the top of my head, going down, filling my whole body, being so present in being around her, and I was like, I need to learn more, I need to keep discovering, I want to find this deeper meaning in my life, and I, that was when I was like, okay, I planted the seed to go to India, and about four months after that, I bought my ticket and I went, I had a one-way ticket, I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Um, all I knew was the places I want, the place I wanted to start was Amma's Ashram in Kerala in the south. Um, so I spent one month there and I began to meet just beautiful people that had the exact like wisdom that I needed to learn and was found out I was just placing myself in exactly the right time to discover what I needed and that was those synchronicities those moments of just like when you're in the flow and you know like something is just too much to be coincidence uh, so from there I traveled to different parts of India following that intuition facing those fears um, and at one point I met a man and I fell in love and this was a really transformational relationship. Um, I'll mention that when I was in New York City, I had gone through a really difficult breakup and that was also part of the cause of even moving to California and this co coming in India and meeting this love and discovering like, wow, there is still love out there for me after going through this healing um, and it this relationship I began to have a lot he was a meditation teacher he traveled around the world giving leading retreats and he was also a devotee of Osho if you're familiar Osho is all about freedom and love and there were a lot of challenges that came up and I was really being asked to be present around how do I give love without conditions? How do I really show up in uh, love and support with this person through these travels? And I'll pause there, but I could share with you a little bit about um, how meditation and yoga like really became integral um, in, the, in some of the stories there. Yeah, but I'll start with that. <laughs> I would love that. I think a lot of people listening, or I know I can definitely relate to once you start really embracing 
yoga, whatever that means for you, whether it means a movement practice or time on the mat or meditation, that all these synchronicities start to appear in your life that you didn't see before. And it's, it's hard. It's, I don't know if they were there before, but you didn't notice it. Or, but it's just like having this magical blessing. It's like being blessed. I was thinking about this myself as well. Um, you know, I did this, this live stream earlier today and I'm talking to you obviously over the internet and I don't have internet in my house right now and I had no idea how I was gonna do any of this. And then on Thursday with no preemptive asking of anything, a friend of my husband's offered up his apartment to me to us, being like, hey, I know you guys don't have internet. Do you want to use my house tomorrow? And it was just like so random because I just trusted that I'd find a way to make it work. Mm. Now, whether it meant coffee shop or co-work space or whatever, but it's just so fun, I think. And one of the first benefits people can start seeing when they pursue a practice, a practice of awareness, um, is just seeing these like blessings showing up everywhere. You just really trust in the universe. And it seems like you did that in a huge way when you just left New York, went to India, pursued this relationship, even though it was challenging. Um, tell us a little bit about, as you said, how meditation and yoga played a part. Of course, yeah. And I just want to say that something I'm thinking of now is that when we have the, the deeper the trust that we have, I feel like in a lot of ways, the bigger the rewards and the magic that come back. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. So I, during India, I went to a 10-day Vipassana um, meditation retreat, which is where you spend pretty much 10 hours a day um, meditating. And the first few days, you're just being in the awareness of your body. You're watching from the top of your head down to the tips of your toes, tips of your toes, back up to the top of your head. And whatever pain or sensations or difficulties arise, in those moments, you just breathe through them. You watch them. You let them go. And that was actually a huge part of healing that chronic pain that I had been having in my body. Um, first, going to yoga, that began to open it up so much, but also doing the Vipassana and learning that this was something that I could fully witness and watch, and with time, it would dissipate. It, it was impermanence. It was learning impermanence throughout my body, the nature of impermanence, and then also applying that to my life. So this man, the character Shankara, we had this guest house, and we were living in northern India, this town called Dharamsala. And this was about three or four months into our relationship and having a really sweet time together. Uh, we would every morning wake up at around 7 a.m. We'd go to the meditation center. We'd meditate for an hour, have our breakfast together, and then go off and start our days. And I mentioned to you before that he had told me when we first started dating that, um, that he was a very free person. And he had told me that if, I, if he were to meet another person, another woman that he felt a connection with, he was open to exploring that. And he was very assuring to me that like, if, you know, if this were to happen, he's like, I, I don't want to hurt you. I want you to know this beforehand. And it was super challenging for me of like, oh my God, my heart is opening this person I really love. I want 
just, I want him to just be mine. <laughs> and, but at the same time, I had developed enough of an inner trust and a self-love that I was like, you know, would I really prevent myself from even exploring this connection with this person um, because of this fear? And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to be fully present and see what happens. And over those three or four months, it was so beautiful, everything I got to experience. And there came one day where I had gone, um, I woke up in the morning, was getting ready to go to the meditation, went to knock on his door. We had our own little guest rooms, and there were another woman's shoes outside of his door. And I looked down at that and was just furious. I felt like all this anger come up in my body and I wanted to pound down that door. And, but because I had just come back from this 10 days of meditation retreat, I took a moment and I started breathing. And instead of pounding on the door, I thought, I, okay, what is underneath this anger? I'm just going to be with it. I was breathing. I felt my solar plexus coming up in knots. I felt my heart beating really fast. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the meditation center. I'm not going to pound on the door right now. And it was like I was able to watch myself from the outside of this reactivity. And I ran out to the meditation center and threw off my shoes, walked right into that, sat down on my meditation seat, and... I began, I just closed my eyes, began watching everything that I was feeling in my body. And that was when really like the grief started coming up of this person I loved, the thought of losing him. And tears began streaming down my face. And I just sat with the feelings without needing to change them, without needing to judge them, really just okay, here I am, this is happening, I'm going to allow this to be what it is. Not, this is something I don't have control over. I don't have control over someone else's actions. So what can I actually do for myself that is supportive and loving right now? And over the course of that hour, being with my breath, being with my sensations, the feelings in my solar plexus began to open up. And I saw how my mind was immediately wanting to turn this person into a demon, someone who would hurt me. And I thought, what is another way? What is something that could be more, something that could be higher? And that was forgiveness. And I sat there with the, everything I was feeling. And at the end of the meditation, we do something called metta. Just loving kindness meditation. It's like applying a solve to the wounds that you that may come up when you're being so present with your body. And I began connecting to a feeling of love within myself. And I allowed that feeling, I felt it in my heart, to grow. And I sent that feeling of love throughout my entire body. And I stayed with that feeling, and I began to send it out to people I had met in my life who had helped me, teachers and friends, people I loved. I began to send it out to people even maybe that I didn't know very well, people I, someone I had just crossed path with, walking up to the center. And then the last part of metta is to, if, and this is the real work, if you can send that love to someone who has even hurt you, or cause conflict in your life. 
And I found myself in a place where I was even able to send love to this person, Shankara, who had really hurt me. And so that was kind of a really transformational part in the book. And, and I look back on that now and I think that was a huge gift. And even though that relationship didn't sustain itself, it didn't, it didn't continue, it was, I feel grateful for it because that was something that showed me like how powerful it is to be to simply be with what it is we're feeling and also to send ourselves love and it really showed me that I had a love inside of me that I could send to myself whenever I needed it and I've been able to apply that and use that in so many different kinds of challenges in my life and my real message and hope is that other women are able to connect to that love and to send that out and to really love themselves through whatever challenge or difficulty may arise in their lives. Mm, I love that. It's such a powerful story and you tell it so well. And thank you so much for sharing. It sounds like your book really goes deep into a lot of personal experiences you had, which are always some of the best experiences to read about because I think we can really connect with one another in that way, whether it's about a relationship or, you know, a transformational time or anything else. Um, thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. And I know in Uplifted, you're going to be sharing with us two big tips you have for sustaining a meditation practice, which is something I know a lot of us struggle with, but it's so important, especially when we talk about it as sort of like this inner well of love and energy and self-support that you can draw from. And then you're also going to be giving us, guiding us through a self-love meditation, which I'm excited about because I think self-love is a word that gets thrown around a lot. And none of us really exactly know how to quote unquote do it. Like we know it's something we should be doing, but it's like, did I do self-love today? I don't know. <laughs> so I'm really excited to, to be able to do the meditation with you and sort of have a tangible go-to for me and my whole community too, to be like, this is, this is a good one when we want to draw on that inner well, as you're saying. Um, I think you've painted such a vivid picture for us. I don't know who would not want to read your book and, and learn more. Um, can you tell us now where you're at with the book, how people can get involved, read it, support you? Tell us all the details. Yeah, yeah. So right now I have... Uh, I spent a year and a half working with an editor on completing the manuscript, and I would send her about 5,000 words every two weeks. It was quite a process. Um, but I finished it just a few months ago, and I'm at the point now with the manuscript of moving forward in the publishing process. So the book has actually been accepted to work with this hybrid publishing house called She Writes Press. Um, but I need to raise the funds in order to move forward in the, the steps of the copy editing, the um, first print run, and just all of the um, design, the interior page design and the cover design. 
So I've decided to run a Kickstarter campaign where people can pre-order the book, a place where they can say, okay, I want to give a contribution, a donation, you'll get the book in exchange, um, and the book will be out for supporters next summer in 2017, and it will be nationally released in the fall of 2017. Um, this has been a huge undertaking. It's been also a dream of mine for a long time. I, I literally like had someone when I was in India hand me a journal, this hand-woven notebook, and said, you're going to write a book one day, and I got this for you to start. And I, it felt almost like this, something the universe was gifting to me and saying, okay, this is your um, sacred duty to bring this out into the world and to share these teachings of the spiritual teachers and the gurus I had met, but also to share them in a really personal and easy-to-read kind of way so it can be really accessible to absorb. I know we, do, we can't all drop everything and travel to India and, and have uh, these kinds of experiences, so I, my hope is that it is a way for people to really connect to that magic and to think and dream even bigger about their own lives. So the Kickstarter is uh, it's going probably by the time this is out, it'll be live. Um, so you could search for Synchronicity or Meredith Rom on the Kickstarter, and um, I'll have it up on my website as well, M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H-R-O-M.com. Perfect. And of course, I will link directly to the campaign below the podcast. So whether you're listening on YouTube or SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever, just look in the description of the podcast because I'll have the link there so you can check out Meredith's book. Meredith, thank you so, so much for sharing your story with us. Every time I talk to you, I just love how open your heart is and your grace and getting just so vulnerable and present with with us i cannot wait to read your book and i will see you inside uplifted for our meditation and more conversations which i'm really looking forward to so everyone i hope you have a beautiful day make sure to check out the links below the podcast for details on everything i talked about and i will talk to you next time so much love from my heart to yours namaste namaste this episode was brought to you by Uplifted. Try Brett's membership community for people who want to enrich their life through yoga for free at brettlarkin.com uplifted. Yoga obsessed? Join Brett for yoga teacher training at brettlarkin.com train. And don't forget to give back. Like this podcast, leave a rating or review. Share this with someone you love. Remember, now is the time to dedicate yourself to what matters most. Our yoga together can ignite your destiny. Until next time, this is Brett Larkin. Always come to your mat. Always be stretching your body, your mind, your soul. From my heart to yours, namaste.